Welcome to episode number seven of the Ranching Burnett podcast. Today, I have Taryn Dreeling, creator of Faith, Family, and Beef, joining us. Taryn is an incredible inspiration to me, and she has impacted my start into the beef industry in such a unique way through her blog and apparel line. You may have seen the Beef Builds Beautiful Bodies, See Below ball caps out there. And let me tell you, if you don't have one yet, you need to get yourself one. This hat has been a great conversation starter and has truly helped build my beef customer base simply by wearing it to town. I always get a laugh out of some of the comments that always turn to educational conversations. Taryn, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your story with us. I'm so glad to be here. I'm so excited for our conversation today. Ah, oh, me too. So I'm, I'm ready to jump in as I'm super excited to hear your story. So for those who may not know of you and Faith, Family, and Beef, can you tell us about yourself and your personal journey into the beef industry? Yes. So I grew up in Northeast Nebraska on a small feed yard where my family has been raising beef for more than 40 years. Um, my grandparents raised registered Semmental cattle and my grandpa also managed the feedlot there. And when he retired, um, my family moved back in and my dad worked at the feed yard. And so growing up, I got to go help and all that. And I went to college after high school thinking I was going to be a veterinarian, but then physics happened. And so I changed my major to animal science with an emphasis in feed yard management. I then did a feed yard management internship after college at an old Dinklage feed yard in Western Nebraska. And I really, I mean, like feed yards were kind of my thing. I was wanted to be a manager someday and uh, everything was lined up for me to head in that direction and then God kind of stepped in and Tom my husband Mr. FFB had the opportunity to come work at his dream job so the ranch that's featured on Faith Family and Beef is not ours we work for a large ranch in the Sandhills of Nebraska right now and how we got here was uh, Tom got the offer the feed yard I was working at actually sold. I was going to stay on with the new owner and he was going to stay at the place where he was working because we were going to be able to make enough money where we could save enough and eventually have our own place. But uh, then his position was eliminated. So it kind of made the decision easy for us to accept the offer to come to this ranch. And I did stay on at that feed yard for a while, but the drive and it was more miles it was like 45 minutes one way to work once we moved oh yeah it was awful <laughs> I was so <laughs> I hear you I was I had to get up so early and I didn't get home till so late and I was taking kids to daycare and it was it just got to be too much and so I was like okay god I hear you I'm a little stubborn but I hear you and so I resigned the feed yard and went to the ranch full-time and while I was at the feed yard I had taken, I did the Nebraska Young Cattlemen's Conference. And during that conference, I learned about the Masters of Beef Advocacy Program it was brand new in 2009. And I was all about it because it takes you from pasture to plate and teaches you all of the segments of the beef industry and how to um, tell our story to people outside of agriculture. And since we're segmented, perfect because... I mean, I know about, I knew about ranching at the time, but feed yards were my thing. So I didn't know everything. And so, and then even takes you through like packing and processing and into retail. So I did that in 2009. And then from then on, 
because I didn't resign the feed yard until 2013, but I'd always felt kind of called to share more about beef and help others feel as comfortable with beef as I am. But I didn't, like when I was working at the feed yard, I hate to say I didn't have time. So I say it wasn't the priority because I probably could have time, but with every all my responsibilities at the feed yard and then being a mom and a wife, it just wasn't the priority at the time to start a blog or do really anything more than what I was doing. So when I moved to the ranch full-time, there was a steep learning curve into ranching from the feed yard. I know they're cows, but it's a big learning curve. (laughs) But eventually I had time and could make blogging a priority. So in February of 2014, I started Faith Family and Beef. And it's kind of just grown from there. That's fantastic. And I absolutely, I love your story and you're starting to that going from one side of the industry into a totally another, another side, and then sharing that through your blog and just getting that started. And for our listeners who have not checked out the Faith, Family, and Beef blog, make it a priority because it's just fantastic reading. I love your writing style, Taryn, and your insights on everything. And I'm really anxious to hear your, oh, you're so welcome. And thank you because it's just fantastic reading. I absolutely love it. And I'm really anxious to hear how you got Faith, Family, and Beef started. I'm a huge fan of your Beef Builds Beautiful Bodies apparel line. How did this idea kind of come about? And at what point did you start thinking Faith, Family, and Beef could really work as a business for you? So Faith, Family, and Beef, the blog, got started on a free platform called Blogger. I don't actually recommend that if you want to start a blog. (laughs) Because when I transferred, when I decided that... Faith, Family, and Beef was going to be a permanent fixture in my life. Then I wanted to transfer to a platform where I had all the control and the the migration was just not very seamless. So I recommend starting if you want to start free with WordPress.com so that if you ever move to WordPress.org, then it will be seamless. Sorry, that was a little tangent, but I feel like people should. (laughs) So the Beef Builds Beautiful Bodies, actually, I cannot take credit for that idea. Our first year on this ranch, we had some interns come and they worked on a different herd than ours, but during branding season, we all get together. And so we made friends with them. And one of the interns, her name is Taylor Tyker, and she had these hats that said, Beef Builds Beautiful Bodies, see below. And I was like, I love that. And she's like, yeah, my dad had an old hat from way back in the 70s or 80s. And I found it and I thought it was really cool. So I started making them. So I bought one from her. And then I started to notice wearing it that there was demand for it. And at the time, Taylor was like, "Uh, I, I can't, I can't do it more than what I'm doing now. But if you would like to, I'm totally cool with that. So Taylor and I kind of worked together on that. And actually, um, in October, filed for trademark on it. And hopefully here in the next few weeks, we will get our confirmation and be owners of that trademark. Oh, that's so exciting. And that trademark process is a really lengthy process. So I'm really hoping that comes through real soon for you guys. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm not good with waiting, but (laughs) uh, (laughs) I've been in close contact with my attorney and she says here in the next week or two, we should have, we should have confirmation. Oh, that's so exciting. So are you sticking with just the ball caps? Are you guys going to expand more into more apparel? I know I've seen some of that as well. What's kind of the future for this line for you guys? 
So the ball caps are the main thing, but have gone into some shirts. I I definitely want to explore some different designs and different colors with the caps. Well, I've been kind of distracted. <laughs> I know you have so many other projects going on, which I'm really excited to talk about those too. But I think the future looks bright for Beef Builds Beautiful Bodies. Absolutely. And the conversations are so fun that come off these ball caps. I just, I can't even tell you how many wonderful conversations I've had. And it's just a really unique thing. And it's a great way to just kind of share what we do in the beef industry with others in just a fun, lighthearted way. So I got to say, you guys are absolutely amazing for putting this line out and you guys working together to get this going for everybody because it's just a lot of fun. And I love seeing other people wear the caps too. And it's just a really unique thing. So I'm, I'm really excited to see where you guys take this in the future. So what would you say has been your biggest challenge in your journey as a businesswoman and rancher? How did you overcome the challenges? Oh, definitely as a businesswoman, the biggest challenge for me has been consistency because, well, for one thing, I'm easily distracted. <laughs> and for another thing, like I help on the ranch. So Faith Family and Beef is not my full time. I do it when I have time away from the ranch or I get up really early in the morning, which after the time change, I know it was like a long time ago, but after the time change this spring, I have not been able to get up in the mornings. It's been rough this year. I totally agree with you. I mean, normally I get up before the time change, I would get up around 4.30 or five, no later than five and have an hour before the kids would get up or need to get up for school. And now it's like, my alarm goes off at five and I push snooze until I have to get the kids up. <laughs> I don't blame you at all. It's been rough. <laughs> but then I don't go to bed at night. It's so weird. Anyway, so yeah, my biggest challenge has been consistency. Like I'll be really good. And actually, my wor- I do a word or a phrase of the year at the beginning of every year. My word of the year this year is consistency. And I was doing really well the first part of the year, the first quarter mostly, but then I have really been slacking off the last few weeks. <laughs> but my biggest challenge in ranching was just the learning curve coming from the feed yard to the ranch. It's different. Sure. Absolutely. Just totally different parts of the industry there. And that what a fun transition, though, to go from one side to the other. Yeah. I'm not sad I did it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I don't blame you at all. So shifting into your blog and the ranching side of your life some more, tell me your why behind being in the agricultural industry. What drives you to be an incredible advocate for this industry? So my biggest driver for being an advocate for beef and agriculture is that when I was working at the feed yard, social media was basically in its infancy. Facebook was around, but it wasn't anything like what it is today. And Instagram wasn't even born yet. But even then, I could see this disconnect between those of us in agriculture and and the folks outside of agriculture, just misunderstandings and not not having all of the information or the correct information. And it, it hurts me when people fear their food or don't understand something and that scares them. And so my biggest driver is, is, and always will be to help others feel as comfortable with beef as I am and, and be confident in their choices at the grocery store or the meat case. So that's my biggest driver behind faith, family, and beef. Probably the second driver is um, now that I have turned faith, family, and beef into a business, 
eventually Tom and I would really like to have our own place. I like to say the place we work at now is as close to owning your own place as you can get without taking on any of the risk, but we still want to have a place to call our own. So that's one of the drivers now, but first and foremost is helping others understand where beef comes from, how it's raised, how to cook it, you know, feel comfortable in all things beef. That's fantastic. I couldn't have said that any better myself through that. As far as your day-to-day goes and through the seasons, what is your guys' favorite part of this lifestyle? Oh, hands down, raising our kids in this lifestyle. Yes. What a great way to bring them up. It's by far my favorite thing. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love cows and ranching and horses and all the things that go along with it. But raising our kids here is just my favorite thing. And I'm sure they absolutely love it. And I bet they're totally excited for the baby calves coming and calving season starting for you guys. And I bet they just really enjoy seeing that. Oh, definitely. That's wonderful. So what would be your best piece of advice to someone wanting to be a part of the beef industry in any capacity in today's world? Well, whatever capacity, if you want to be more involved on the retail end of things or the production side of things or the process, wherever you want to be involved, my best advice is to do as much learning as you can. Find someone or take classes or find someone to teach you. I mean, the classes are great. College is great. It's a great foundation. But if you can find someone willing to take you under their wing and teach you things, that's like the best thing. And don't be afraid to say that you don't know or ask questions or ask for help because we don't know it all. And someone, I mean, you might have to run through a few someones before you find the one, but someone will be willing to teach you. And that's that's the best. And then I would say, just jump right in. Like, don't let anyone tell you, you can't learn what you need to learn and just do it. Absolutely. Oh, that's wonderful. And you're so right about getting that hands-on experience. And I think a lot of people are intimidated to reach out and ask for that um, in fear of rejection. But I think a lot of people don't understand that most people in this industry want to help others succeed in it because united we're so much stronger. And just, just, that's a wonderful piece of advice for anyone listening. That's just getting started. You recently mentioned a cookbook launch on your Instagram. I'm beyond excited for this. Where did your inspiration come from to start this project? Well, towards the end of last year, early December 2018, I just felt really called to write a cookbook. I write recipes on my website, but hadn't really ever considered writing a book. And then all of a sudden, it just felt like it was the right thing to do. So I didn't really, with Christmas, and then um, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer at the first part of the year, so that was a little bit of a, a shock, but everything's going really well with that. She's almost in the Oh, good. So I put it off, and then, let's see, when was that? Okay, during the first March blizzard, the power was out, and it was blizzarding outside, so we couldn't do anything outside. So I just grabbed my pen and paper, and I was like, okay, now I have nothing to do. Let's sketch this book out. So I wrote down the recipes that would be in it and the ideas for it. And then I set it down again. Um, I don't know when I picked it up. It hasn't been very long. Maybe three, almost three weeks ago, I picked it up and I started writing a proposal for it. 
because I want to do this. I could probably self-publish, but I don't know all of the things there are to know about formatting a book and all of that. So I felt like I needed help with that. So I started reaching out to agents while I was writing my proposal. And so far I have sent query letters to five agents and have a full book proposal ready to go if and when they get back to me. So kind of just still waiting. Oh, that's so exciting. The waiting is so hard because a lot of the agents say, well, it could take us three to four up to six weeks to get back to you. And if you haven't heard from us in six weeks, consider it a no. So you just don't know and unless they tell you yes, well, or it passes the six weeks, but it's so hard. I, I, I'm not a very good waiter. <laughs> that's so nerve wracking too, just to have to wait this time before you hear anything. Yes. Oh, gosh. Well, I was going to ask when we could expect the release of your cookbook, but you're still kind of in limbo. So I guess we're going to have to just wait in anticipation for you to announce this on your social media platforms, because I am chomping at the bit to get my hands on this. Yeah, I mean, like any prayers, I would take them for a response from an agent. (laughs) So hopefully they get back to me. I think most of them said three to four weeks. So I've got a week maybe left of waiting. Oh, gosh, it's like waiting on pins and needles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for our listeners, where can we learn more about you and your business? Well, I am on the web at faithfamilyandbeef.com. And Instagram and Facebook are at faithfamilyandbeef. And Pinterest is faithfamandbeef because they only allow you so many characters. Awesome, Taryn. All of your insight has been fantastic today. You touched so many lives in the beef industry, and I thank you for taking the time to talk with me and our listeners for this episode. It's been absolutely incredible, and I love your passion behind the industry and all of everything basically you contribute to helping others learn more about it through your blog and social media. And I just, I cannot wait for the cookbook to come out and to see what's next for Beef Builds Beautiful Bodies. Oh, well, thank you for having me. This has been such a fun conversation and I will definitely be keeping everyone posted via social media on the book thing because I'm pretty excited. Oh, yes, me too. And I know our listeners will be as well. So for everyone listening, make sure you subscribe to Taryn's email list on faithfamilyandbeef.com and give her a follow on Instagram to stay up to date with this incredible advocate. Thanks again, Taryn. I really appreciate it. No, thank you so much for having me.